podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 398 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello, everyone. And... Ian Loring, happy Cinema Eve. It, it is Cinema Eve, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it? It's an exciting time of the year. Um, yes, cinemas reopen tomorrow. We're recording this on a Sunday. Um, we used to record on Monday or Tuesday. We used to record on Sundays, but recording it on a Sunday because it was the most convenient fucking day. Well, it was basically if we didn't record this like today, we wouldn't be recording for a week. Because because we're off on holiday, out Rebecca. We are. We're going on holiday tomorrow, so we are we are out of office from from today, aren't we? We are. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> oh <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, I bet you're ooh, and I I don't want to. No, just move on. <laughs> um, what have we got? We've, we've got. I would say, I would say our most normal show we've had. I've said this last week, but I think this is our most normal show. We don't have 17 reviews of everything that's streaming at the moment. This we were, week we don't anyway. Get ready yeah. for next week. Yeah, well, I'll wait for next week. Yeah, literally, just getting back to it, it is going to be just. What we've been watching is just going to be all of our feature reviews. Yep. <laughs> um, and that is a wonderful thing to say. So we've got just one review. It is the uh, Netflix movie. Well, Netflix purchased movie. Uh, the Woman in the Window. Should uh, save the money, shouldn't they? Well, let's get to that. <laughs> let's get to that. Um, <laughs> and we've got What's the usual... charged fiver for it, Bex. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the usual news and tangents and what you've been watching and, and a very exciting trailer for a film that we're all quite excited for i think oh yes yes we do yes um God, and it's simple it's a good job you're pretty it, it, it is yes um i completely destroyed my flow now oh we are a pod syndicate podcast uh there are other pod syndicate podcasts out there including chin stroke versus punter the rewatch project his film her movie uh, the iron sequel um entertainment landfill and other bits and bats including bonus shows you guys just finished your um there and back again mm-hmm. um your review of the lord of the rings and hobbit movies um We'll be starting another series at some point with the uh, various collaborators um, for the Pod Syndicate thing for the bonus shows. Um, we've thrown around a few ideas about which film series we're going to do next. Um, and, and so we, we, we're going to get to work out which one we're going to do next. Think on that. Mm. Um, got, got to plan it forward in a couple of weeks. We have got to plan it forward in a couple of weeks. Oh, shit. And I need to get these. I need to get your Blu-rays posted to you tomorrow. Yeah, I need to send Jordan that Blu-ray, actually. Good call. Yes. Uh, uh, also, as well, while I'm here, uh, go check out the YouTube um, on it. Um, there's, there's less gaming stuff than we've had recently, but there is the excellent series of No Bills of Gundam, uh, which are a lot of fun. Uh, I keep seeing this. What is a, a gun- Gundam? A Gundam is essentially like a Transformer. Um, so it, It's not going to kill you for that. Is it, it like that kind of feels like the kind of thing that if you were to say that to someone in the Gundam tra- community, oh. they might be like, "What the fuck did you just say?" No, like, I, is so. It, it's one of those where I, I, I think it's. Um, what I'm saying, 
what the fuck is a Gundam? That sounds stupid. I'm trying to educate myself. What, what I would say is the Gundam community seems to genuinely be just a really nice group of people. And that's quite rare nowadays in, in, in fandom and geekdom that there's just a nice group of people. But I've, I've ended up, because of the, the, the wonders of the algorithms of, of YouTube, um, it's ended up throwing me to different Gundam ones. Um, I also got to a wonderful one of a guy who has a big box. And I think Noel actually meant, referenced this as well um, on our WhatsApp. A guy who gets a big box of Transformers and then gets one out randomly picks one out and then to the camera just describes what it is and then takes a shot and then does it again and just keeps going like that so he ends up fucking hammered picking out transformers and going this is i fucking don't know <laughs> it's it's quite wonderful yeah so yes go and look at the norbells of gundam they're, they're an awful lot of fun and quite fascinating to watch I'll have some free time next week, so I'm gonna check it out. They're good. They're great. I, I, they're, they're, they're fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good season, series going forward. They're very chill. Yeah, they are. They are really fucking chill. It is like some ASMR shit, but without the weird masturbatory things that go with it. Gross. So as you. <laughs> Boom, Ian. What's been happening in the movie world that isn't like cinemas are reopening? <laughs> Uh, not much. Jungle Cruise is going to Disney oh, Plus. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, That's odd, isn't it? I have a theory behind these. That they don't think it's going to make that much money? Um, I, yeah. Is, is What is it? I think there's a little bit of... Um, of with that uh, and Cruella, the, what they're doing is... They're almost like hedging their bets with them so they can have them on that um, because then if it does make money, it makes them great. But if it's not making as much money, they can kind of they don't have to release the um, what's it um, like the figures for what it, the rental figures. Mm. Um, but um, they can kind of say, oh, it's done this, it's done this. So they never get this flopped. Yeah. They never have to put up with that. Yeah, it's like viewing figures and stuff, aren't they? But people are going to view it if it's on there and it's done. Well, it's not, it's the 20 quid. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, so... But if you've got, if you've got a, um, a, a family of mum, dad and two, three kids and you're still feeling a little bit edgy about things or anything like that, which is perfectly reasonable, um, then maybe you'll go fuck it. Let's get a pizza in. And... That's it. If it's a few of you, I think it's 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 worth it. Isn't it? It's just so the, the the key thing with the Disney Premier Access is essentially you're paying an inflated like a, a bit of an inflated price compared to like a normal like PVOD rental, premium video on demand rental, but you keep it in your Disney Plus library so you can watch it as many times as you want. Yeah. That is quite a selling point. If you... Because, like, to a massive Marvel head, if you were to say you got, like, your your family, you're going to pay, like, 25, 30 quid to take your family to go see Black Widow in the cinema, or you pay 23.99 or whatever it's going to be, and then you can just watch Black Widow as much as you want on Disney Plus from now on, that that's 
that's a pretty attractive deal. The only thing is they are making very clear that at like at time of speaking, Cruella, Black Widow, and Jungle Cruise are the only ones they're doing this for. And then from Free Guy onwards, it's back to theatrical and then forty five days later, Disney Plus. Like that that seems to be the 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 the, the way they're they're going about it now. But it, I, 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 you know, you, you wonder, you know, with all these variants and whatnot, what, what's going to happen, what is actually going to happen. Um, it, 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 it I, I'll also just say, remind me when we're done talking about this, there was like a tangent I wanted to say, but one, one other thing, the rock announcing this on Instagram and then also tying in that he was going to go and have a nice, one of his Tamara drinks or whatever in his post talking about jungle cruise going on to disney plus and that guy just fuck just fucking stop it yeah it's gone a little bit it's gone a little bit too far now like I, i i can't imagine disney are that happy about that like here's like the star of the film announcing it's going to be on disney plus oh and also buy my alcohol I'm very odd but yeah anyway sorry it all seems and the, the the whole alcohol you know actors what is it owning alcohol companies all feels a little bit like when what's it um Clooney sold his it was a vodka company wasn't it that he had mm. for, a, for a, a massive amount of money um it all seems a little bit like they've gone ooh, maybe we could do that do you know what though the rock has got this real kind of like you know, there's like there's there's, there's influencers, yeah. and then there's the really shitty, desperate fucking influencers. That's what he feels like. It's like you don't have to mention it in everything. It's it's a bit no, it, it, fucking pathetic yeah, to be it, honest. It, it was when he started spamming your Instagram feed with people who had sent in videos of them drinking his tequila, mm. and it's like, yeah, on for. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure he's not really that bothered, but. But yeah, the Jungle Cruise one. Though enough people do that, then his brand's damaged. You need to get a few million mm. to do it. And the problem is, there's those ones who still think that that because they follow him on on Instagram and they like and they like all his posts and comment on everything one of his posts, one day he might be their mate. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it's been a quiet news week, I think, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I will just tangent slightly if that's okay. So I thought it was interesting as well that um, early, uh, when Cineworld announced that they were going to put tickets on sale, um, people had tweeted them saying, like, you're going to be showing Nomadland. And they said, we've got no no plans to show Nomadland. Now they are. And it's right after they announced that they've done a deal with Disney and Universal about the theatrical window. Um, so essentially... Even though, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind it, it is a little bit confusing, but essentially there will be a 45 day window for Universal and and Disney films, which is down from a 90 day window. But you know, Nomadland is on Disney Plus. Um, Cruella is going to be on um, Disney Plus Premier Access. 
um but he's also going to be in in the cinema and it's like so is it 45 days where they can also sell it for an like a really inflated price online or is it just because they'd already kind of said they were going to do uh, Disney said they were going to do that before Cineworld then made that 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 deal like the whole shifting of what exactly these windows mean i i i think is going to be really really fucking in, interesting as as we go forward here now like will in the heights be available on pvod and cinemas because you go to the cinema tomorrow you can see mortal kombat you can see godzilla versus kong tom tom and jerry the movie you can already rent them online anyway i i just i i I don't know what Tom, that Tom and Jerry's means anymore. Sky Cinema, isn't it? Is it? I, I might be talking, might be talking whack there, but I'm, I'm fairly certain. It, I'm certain I saw it. You're talking out your ass. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 usually, to be honest, yeah. It just, I don't. It's like six months down the line, assuming cinemas don't close again, which is a massive fucking assumption to make, and I'm. You know, a touch wood that they, they do stay open. Um, but what is it going to look like? Is it just these things were already agreed? But like, say, Dune, is Dune going to be PVO, like expensive video on demand and cinema for no. 45 days? No, I mean, that. so that's Dune, it, isn't Dune, it? Dune, Dune will be just cinema, I guarantee you. Yeah, I mean, it's so that that's it then. It's like Mortal Kombat and Godzilla vs. Kong had already been out before, and Tom and Jerry had already been out before cinemas opened, so they just kind of throw them a gimme. But then after that, you know, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I think Donna would probably like In the Heights. And if that is on PVOD... I I would and and I I can see it in nice 4K on on iTunes. I'd probably do that because it would be easier than sorting out who's going to look after lots and whatnot. You know what I mean? Um, but I want to see it in the cinema. I don't know. It's a really really fucking interesting time. But hey, if this Indian variant comes along and all the cinemas are closed again in a month anyway, then you know a lot of them probably aren't going to fucking open again. So let's let's see. We're in a we're in a fun holding pattern, yeah, and yeah, I'm I, nervous. I think and you're not. No, nope. I think it's gonna be fine. I think there's there's a little bit of scaremongering going on. There is a little bit of scaremongering going on, but also the fact that Boris Johnson is already talking about the June relaxations. Just oh, gonna say June, the June the June relaxation things were always were always yeah. a bit pie in the sky. Even people when it, they announced it. Four months ago, when that seems a little bit optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's 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 move on from uh, from pandemic. Uh, I think we're we're at trailers now, aren't we? Uh, I'm intrigued. In my mind, we talked about Venom last week. We. I think we did. Did, but Becky, you hadn't seen it, had you? No. At that point. So we did, but Bex hadn't seen it. So, Venom, Becky. Looks good, yeah. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> What's up, the big one? Sorry. <laughs> I can't remember. Is it? Was it the Hitman's guide? Hitman's wife's bodyguard, Becky? Was that the big one? No. No, it's not. 
Because I'm I'm very much up for that. I told you what it was. I know, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were being a bit dumb. Thanks for that iPad. What the fuck was it? Oh, you want me to say? Yes. Is that the only one? I I thought we were building up. We'll build it up, yeah. We watched the fatherhood one, uh, Ian, that you watched last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, Just a movie engineered to try and make people cry. Uh-huh. It'll work. Oh, it will, it will work? Yeah. Yeah. Not on you. Because you're I, dead inside. I, I think I laughed a lot at one bit, didn't I? Yeah. Not the not the, not the horrible bit. There was a joke. It was a, you're meant to laugh at it bit towards the end, wasn't it? It was. It was a bit... It was a joke. It was a joke, wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember which bit you laughed at. But it was a joke. I'm sure it was a joke. In my head, you were laughing at the fact that his wife had died. So. No, that, that wasn't it. There was, there was a genuine joke within the trailer that I laughed heartily at. It's going to be a tearjerker, is that movie? Yes. Uh, Stillwater. So, do you, reckon, do you reckon Matt Damon's looked at Jesse Plemons as fat Matt Damon and gone, I want a piece of that action, and just got fat? I, I reckon Matt Damon's missus has gone, that Jesse Plemons guy, yeah. He's a good-looking fella, isn't he? And he's yeah. gone, he's just me, but a bit chunkier. Yeah, so he's decided to get fat. Yeah. It, yeah I just, still I just asked her if you want a partner swap. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? I missed that. I was coughing. I, I, I was just saying, I, I, I'd just say to her, well, do you want a partner swap then? <laughs> I'll spend uh, a bit of time with Kirsten Dunst. No problem. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, it, it, still water looks a bit boring, to be honest. Mm. Looks like a movie Shocking. that should have come out in 2008. Yeah. And I still wouldn't have watched it. Got Thursday night written all over it. I, I think I described it as. I am looking forward to scrolling past that movie on Netflix and never actually watching it. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like that, do you know that George Clooney one called is it, is it The American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I never watched that. I watched, I, watched, I watched the first three minutes of it once and then went, no, nah, I don't want to watch this. I watched something else instead, Sounds thinking fair. that I'd go back to it and never went back to never it. Never did. No. Mm-hmm. Because every time I I thought, oh, I'll watch this, I realised that there was a lot of other films existed as well. Yeah. And I'm sure it's perfectly fine. I just don't care. No. It's, it's one of those films where I, 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 I feel like I don't need to have seen. No. And still what it seems like, it might be that. It might get really good reviews, and I might go change my mind. But it just does look a little bit like, Dull. do I need this? Yeah. It's not the origin story of the band from Almost Famous. So <laughs> do I need it? I'd watch that. I mean, yeah, we would. Yeah. Uh, the Protégé. I think you watched this last week, didn't you, Ian? No. What's this? Not... With Margaret Quigley. Maggie Q. Is that her name, Quigley? I think so. Is it, can choose Margaret Quigley, isn't it? Have a look. I think, that, I, think with it, I think you're thinking of different people. All right. Let's have a look. Uh, who else I don't know. Have... I, no, I don't think I saw this. Who else is it? Margaret Denise Quigley. Who else is the protege, Becky? Um, it's got a weird name on it. The asset, that's it. What? Is it, is it, oh, it's changed its name? Uh, yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, that's it. Yeah, it's a... Robert uh, Patrick. It's a badass... Um, Lady Assassin movie. Yeah, from the people 
from the studio that brought you, John Wick. Yes. It literally, there seems to be a lot of things from the studio that brought you John Wick. Mm. And it does seem like they're going, look, we need a Lady Assassin movie. So they're making a lot of them. <laughs> you know, there's been, there's Ava, that was Jeff Chastain's attempt at it. Mm. Um, there's a new one that's got, called Kate, I believe, that's got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Yeah. Uh, there's the protege, which I'm sorry, they should just call it the, the, whatever the character's name is. Bullshit. There was that one uh, from Luke Bessel last year. Anna, I believe it's called. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the lady names. What is it? The lady names range. Yeah. Yeah. Genre. Uh, I, looks good though. I, I, I will I will happily. Yeah. It, it, it looks like it's gonna be a really good midweek cinema watch. Nice. Uh, and then the final one, the biggie. The Green Knight trailer. Oh fuck! I thought we talked about that last week. Yeah. Well. Shit. It came out bed. five days ago. I just. Uh, oh god yeah tuesday we recorded monday yeah oh 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 boy howdy let's go yeah when the when the giants appeared Mm. walking my brain just went oh fucking hell all right yeah let's fucking go yeah your brain i would expect it to just go they're big that reminded me of something. I'll come to that in a second. Okay. I'll, I'll come to the thing that reminded me of in a second because it's it was it was beautiful. Um, no, I, I it very much. There are certain directors where you go, this guy's operating on a fucking different level. Mm. And I think David Lowry is now in that. If if this is as good as it looks like it's going to be, mm. then there is the thing of. Larry's now in that zone where it's just like he's the things he's thinking of and the things he's managing to execute is different fucking level. Mm. Um, yeah, this has gone. Sh- I was only very much looking forward to it. It's now shot up to my most anticipated movie of this year. Well, then, yeah, I think so. This looks fucking incredible. Fuck you. I I hope this is either. Because Lowry knows how to make a movie and not have it overstate its welcome. So uh, he's one of the directors now where if this movie turns out and it's three hours long, I know that it's because there is enough material to make it three hours long because he's previously made movies that have been like 92 minutes when he could have easily made them be two and a half hours. Yeah. Mm. You know, he, he isn't afraid to have a movie have enough time to tell its story. And if it only takes... 95 minutes then it only takes 95 minutes but if he needs two hours it'll take two hours yeah the imagery looks fucking incredible that cast is on point mm. um yeah yeah and god yeah again i just please fucking christ let cinemas stay open so we can see this big It, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's one red flag for me, and I'm really hoping this is the one that subverts the the trend for me, which is the A24 thing. <laughs> but but I think that with A24, with with David Lowry, it, it's a director who I think is actually weirdly a weird thing is it, he doesn't appear to be in like the 
the Twitter sphere film fandom thing. Mm. Lowry doesn't appear to be like a a, a hot name within mm. it. Mm. Whereas people like Ari Aster, for instance, does. Um, where it makes people go, oh, fucking hell, it's the new Ari Aster film. It's like, great, I'm looking forward to a new film that I will find hilarious and will be told I'm wrong for. It's <laughs> um, still maintained Midsommar as a fucking comedy. And I will not hear anything fucking against that. That film is a comedy, Fair without fine. question. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem to hit that. Like, I, I did mm. see a lot of people, when people were excited about this trailer, and this is, I, I'm going to get mildly on my soapbox a little bit here, um, because the view is brilliant from up here, um, is a lot of people were like really fucking excited about this trailer because it's a fucking great trailer. Yeah. Right? For a film that looks really fucking good. And I saw a lot of people, not like one or two, like several people saying, oh, is this something I'm missing? Why is everyone so excited about The Green Knight? And it's like, right, a few things. One, have you seen the trailer? And two, because Dev Patel. And three, David Lowry. And four, it, have you seen the trailer? Yeah, again, four, have you seen the trailer? Oh, and five, have you seen the fucking trailer? Um, <laughs> and it's, but then I, I start thinking... Hang on a minute. Why can't you just let people be fucking excited and hyped about something? If you're not, just move on with your day. Oh no, move yeah. on with your day. Like say, mm-hmm. just, just, just done. Yeah, why harsh people's butt? That's it. If you look back on your Twitter and your, and I would say, if seven or even if five out of your last ten tweets are something snarky or negative, then maybe just stop doing it. <laughs> just delete your account. Yeah. Clearly, you, you're, you're not... That that level of constant negativity can't be good for you. You wouldn't think so, would you? Find some joy in something and, and yeah. tweet about that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, had, a, I had an exchange with um, uh, someone who I, I, I think listened to, to the pod um, where... <laughs> so, sorry, go on. You obviously yeah. had more to say there, Mark. Sorry. It, it's not... I'm not having a go at people. I'm just saying I, I, I don't get... So I, I, just to clarify, I am not, if people who are listening have done that, I'm not having a go at you and saying stop your fucking minge face assassins of joy or anything like that. What I'm saying is I don't, I, 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 there's a personal thing. I generally don't understand the, why why people give a shit if other people like something. They like something. Mm. Well, I, I, I was going to, uh, yeah, I mean, so he was like, well, why are people excited about it? And I, I, I was like, well, David Lowry, you know, and this person just came back and said, don't I just don't really know who he is. And again, it's like we were talking early, um, earlier on. Um, it's 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 the the, the bubble thing, you know. Yeah. It's like you know, and I'm not gonna fucking I'm not gonna fucking gatekeep and go. Well, you're obviously not a real movie fan then, or anything like that. Which I wouldn't be surprised if some people were doing. Yeah. It's you know, it, but it is not. You know, people could be interested in films and maybe not necessarily know that David Lowry is the guy who directed these films, you know, and that that's a reason to be excited. I mean, I'll be honest, if I'd seen this trailer and didn't know it, it was David Lowry, I'd still be like, what the fuck is that? Well, that's cool. it. He has he has, but, he has only yeah. directed four films, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, so Ain't Nobody Saints, Pete's Dragon, A Ghost Story, The Old Man and the Gun. Yep. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, I ain't you know, for me, if ain't them body saints is your 
least film, you're still doing all right. Yeah, because I, I think I, I, cause you asked me about this, didn't you, Bex? Uh, and I said, because you haven't seen Ain't the Body Saints, have you? No. And I said, so what's like I said, it's beautiful, but a little bit flawed story-wise. Um, yeah. But it's 96 minutes long. Um, and then uh, Peach Dragon is brilliant. Yeah, fuck, that fucking film bangs. Uh, yeah, it, it Peach Dragon is so much better than it has any fucking right to be. The mm-hmm. Old Man and the Gun's really good. And The Old Man and the Gun's fantastic. And A Ghost Story was the best film of that year. Yeah, and I, I yeah, but all of them are, with the exception of Peach Dragon, all of them are under 95 minutes. Mm, mm. What? It baffles me that that's your banner for like that's your that's your watermark for greatness. It, it helps. Green, but, but Green Knight's two and a half, two 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 hours five minutes long, right? So I I know in my head I'm very much like right, but then that means that I trust him because he's had the restraint before. Mm. I trust him that, that, that there is two hours five minutes worth of of, of movie in that. It's based on an Arthurian legend, isn't it? Of course there is. Um, <laughs> They're dense. But then, for instance. Um, Ari Aster has made two full movies. Um, one was two hours seven minutes long, and the other one was two hours twenty eight minutes long. Mm. And neither of them could fill that time. No. Is what I'm saying there. Mm. So it, it's about that that thing. But yeah, you're right in there. It, it, there's a whole like there's occasionally movies that crop up where you go, fucking hell, why haven't I seen that or even heard of that? Mm. Uh, I I think I I referenced it on I think that might be on our, I was chatting to, to to Mike from Chinsworth Um I'm a, a huge Walter Hill fan and have been for a number of years. Uh, I mean, when I say a number of years, I mean like getting on for nearly thirty years. Um, and a, a few months ago, I came across a film, a Walter Hill film, that I'd never seen. Not only had I never seen of it, I'd heard of the movie but never clicked that it was a Walter Hill movie. And I'd not seen it. And it's about blues music. And I, I was like, how's that passed me by? Mm. And I mentioned it to Mike and he was like, oh, that's a fucking great film as well. And I was like, I, I, I just don't know how this hasn't clicked with me. Permeated yeah. So, yes, it's one of those things. It's, a, it's an interesting way to look at it. And maybe, maybe a place where I need to grow a little bit more. I don't think you're saying that people should love the Green Knight trailer and if they don't, they're wrong. It's just, I think what you were trying to say before was if you haven't seen it and got excited about it, don't shit all over everyone else that has. And I think I think that, that could be taken into many different areas, to be fair. Just because people don't like the same things as you do it doesn't mean you have to... I think what we're saying is, start being a little bit nicer. Add positivity into your lives. Yeah. So I'm going to add some positivity into our listeners' lives now. The woman in the window <laughs> is uh, written by Tracy Letts, directed by Joe Wright, um, and stars Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, um, Anthony Mackey, <laughs> Wyatt Russell, uh, Ian's favourite Brian Tyree uh, Henry, uh, Jennifer Jason uh, Lee, and Julianne of the Moors. 
Um, I'm just going to find the, as I'm doing now, and use the IMDB thing because I just find it amusing. So you have to indulge me a little bit. Um, an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbours only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Uh, also stars the voice of Anthony Mackie. His face is in it for a second. Briefly. He's in there briefly. Yeah, briefly. Briefly. Um, you may not have remembered because it was Anthony Mackie, so you may have fallen asleep briefly. <laughs> uh, he's a mild sedative. Um, Ian. <laughs> Ian. Yeah. You can use one word, but multiplied, to describe this movie. Which word would you choose? Poop! <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's big, it's big poo. This film poo-poo. This film poo-poo, big poo-poo. Big poo-poo. Donna turned to me when it finished and said, I'm picking the film next week. <laughs> um, did, you, did, you, did you look at her and go, yes, that's fair. And I looked at her and said, well, we already agreed we're re-watching Eurovision because it's Eurovision Eve next Friday. And she said, fair point. Yep. I, I um, we're we're going to watch that out with it Saturday. Yes, we are. Next Saturday, you're going to watch Eurovision the film, not Eurovision. Yeah, we're not going to we're watch, not watch Eurovision, Eurovision. No, we watch Eurovision the film. <laughs> I like the film. The actual thing can fuck off. The actual thing is fucking three hours of pure joy and people coming together to just celebrate something silly and entertaining. Do you know what? Do you know what? We might actually have it in the background while we're sat in a hot tub. I'm. Te- I'm- I'm telling you, if you give yourself to Eurovision, you get so much in return. I fuck like I'm going to be next week like I was around uh, Strictly Come Dancing final night last year. Um, I eat an absolute mess. Uh, I can't fucking I cannot I cannot wait. And every single Eurovision Eve going forward, we're watching Eurovision. That film is getting an annual watch. Um. Oh God! Like, and they're gonna. She's gonna sing Husavik. It's gonna. And the Yaya Ding Dong man is announcing Iceland's results. Yeah, that that I am quite looking for. And apparently, it's in character. As yeah, he's well. just gonna shout it. Apparently, yeah, yeah. that's well, incredible. He's gonna shout it. There's a little thing of me is going in the background, going, is there gonna be a pre-recorded thing of him doing Yaya Ding Dong? They're, they're, they're going to do something else to acknowledge that film. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they go to Iceland and the, and before, what is it? Is a pre-recorded thing of Rachel McAdams and um, Will Ferrell doing Ya Ya Ding Dong. <laughs> Just that. It, it, I, I'm going to use the phrase scenes. <laughs> I love the fact that the, the fact that we've started our woman woman in the window review by talking about a different film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, all right, fine. Let's let's focus back. It's a fucking awful film, and you know we'd be, kind of been warmed up to the fact that it wasn't going to be great. You know, twentieth um, century studios. I think it's the first thing they've ever sold to Netflix, which probably says something. Um, and I mean, this was obviously supposed to be an awards play. It's based on a book. It's directed by Joe Wright. It stars Amy Adams. And it's just like I was actively annoyed by it from pretty early on where it's like, 
Did you know? Did you know I like Hitchcock? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how much I like? Here's some Hitchcock, right? And then, do you know what else I'm gonna do? I'm I'm gonna do like a Hitchcocky, like looking through wind uh, through my, the window uh, across the street. And do you know what else Hitchcock likes as well? Really, really big, overly dramatic music. Danny Elfman. Do you like Hitchcock? He's all right. It, it, Here's it was, 500 it was, grand. It was supposed to be um, fucking Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Ross, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, which, well, they left it to go to Seoul and won a fucking Academy Award. I mean, to, yeah, to be fair, apparently it was because like they, they weren't able to do the, sc- the scoring for the yeah. reshoots. Um, and then who do you get in? Everyone's favorite utility player, Danny Elfman. You know, um, it's, I, I, yeah, I just, okay, fine. You like Hitchcock. Like you're literally like I was doing shouting at us about how much this is trying to evoke Hitchcock. Do you know what Hitchcock did as well? He made films that had stories that worked. Um, and, you know, characters that were interesting and not just that one's a wrong and anything else going on? Not really. I, yeah, the, the twists in it. I mean, the whole Anthony Mackie not being dead. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, absolutely got that from the first, for the first time he had a conversation with her. Oh, yeah. Um, that kid's a wrong one really you know i just I, I i said to you straight away that the nevex when that kid arrives like that kid's got a fucking weird energy and then he went i really like cat tongues i was like <laughs> what the fuck yeah that's a weird thing to say i think cat tongues are pretty good though they're all psychic you don't fucking tell a random person you've just met that you really like cat's tongues what mm. i mean like okay you're gonna cast gary oldman and he's gonna be mr shifty mcshifterson which basically means he's not actually going to be the bad guy. Like, I, it, like the bad yeah, guy. I, I, uh, I'll get to my Gary Oldman thing when, 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 when uh, I, 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 I give my summary of it. And I, I mean, before, before I hand over, just Amy Adams, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're, you're, and the, the thing, it just, it feels so cynical that it's like, it's roles based on books that were like kind of high profile and maybe have a have a sniff of awards to them and it it, you know i and i'm sure that's what her agent is going for there it's not helping the overall perception of her Uh, i mean like arrival was what five years ago now or sit no yeah it was it was trump year it was five years ago now and i'm not sure she's done anything that's actually been good since then or maybe nocturnal animals was after uh nocturnal animals was literally a couple of, it, they were released really close together they were like uh, yeah they were literally okay. like weeks apart i think because it was like yeah. a month of amy adams it i don't know what's going on with her she was she was bad it, i mean she was she was worse in hillbilly elegy but I mean, just god that one fucking scene in this where she's basically doing her monologue at them and it's like and it like literally, it's like the the it's like somebody got a stage light and just shone it in her face or something. And then she, I, 
awful, awful, awful film. And it's full of people who should know better. But Brian Tyree Henry doesn't embarrass himself. He's not in it enough to. To be perfectly honest, going back through her IMDb, the last performance of hers that I actually think is any good is American Hustle. She's fantastic in what is it in Nocturnal Animals, Becky? I it's think she's great in Arrival. By what? Of course, star though, isn't it? Which one? Not Taylor Taylor Johnson. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Nocturnal Animals is great. Yeah. She's not the standout in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson taking a shit outside is pretty yeah. standout. <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty damn good. That film, that film just deserved so much more. He won Arrival, a Golden Globe I for that. Arrival. <laughs> it made me. It still makes me angry right. thinking about Arrival. Wow. Um. To be fair, she's good in the TV show she did. That sharp, sharp objects. Object. Yeah, yeah, she's really good in that. So what did you think, Becky? To Woman in the Window. Do you know what? I didn't hate it, but I didn't particularly like it. There's not much to kind of recommend it. It's very much an amalgamation of copying other people's things that they did well. Um, but I didn't like hate it. Hate it. It was it was perfectly watchable for me. Um, Julianne Moore was was good in it. Um, I think the creepy kid was pretty good in it. Wyatt Russell was good in it. Wyatt Russell was standing. Yeah. That's that's basically what he does is stands. You've seen him though, right? Yeah, it, it's it, 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 it's like if you got a less hot version of Kurt. <laughs> um, what's the face? Jennifer Jason Lee looks like a cartoon. Um, and Gary Oldman's just I, I can't even look at him with any degree of respect anymore. So that kind of ruined them too for me. Um. I, I, do you know what? I, I wanted to like it because I had such low expectations for it from the reviews and from, I mean, it's looked crap since the first trailer came out like 400 years ago. Um, it's looked bad, hasn't it? Like melodramatic and just. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind the trailers to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. There are much. Just just watch the films that it's borrowed heavily from and have a better time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more in between where you two are. In the fact that I think I agree with Ian, it, it, it's poop poop. Um, it's... I, I don't like Joe Wright as a director. I think he's massively overrated mm. because of one really nice shot in Atonement and he's been trading off that ever since um, I will just say he directed Hannah I will never ever ever hate Joe Wright because Hannah is an absolute fucking banger but that that that's not the film that everyone thinks he's great for yeah it, he, he, yes he, he's he, overrated in pretty much everything else he's done yes yeah I, I, I really like the Chemical Brothers uh, video in the middle of Hannah um, the rest of it just felt like filler for a chemical that video. That is fucking great. Uh, I, do you know what? I, I, I need to re-watch Hannah because everyone tells me how great it is and I was like, I don't get this. But it is, it's short enough for me to re-watch to see if, it, if, if, if I'm wrong because that does happen. 
I've not seen it. Um, you were with oh. me when I watched it. That wasn't you saw it in the cinema. I did not. I did go. not see it in the cinema. You did. I didn't. I bought it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen Hannah. All right. I haven't. Literally, Ron Howard voice. She had. <laughs> um, Narrator. Yes, she had. So yeah. So, but like you, Becky, I was going into it going. Do you know what? I hope this is this is all right. And this is one of those ones where I go, do you know what? Yeah, that might be trash, but it's good. But the problem is, it's not trash. And this should be trash. It's it, not it, camp enough. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's not trashy enough. It, it, you, you either need to absolutely, but even saying that, you either need to absolutely nail it, but Rear Window is quite trashy. It's highbrow it, it, trash, though, isn't it? it? But this but one's got delusions of grandeur. But this is the problem with this. Yes. It, it, it constantly tries to not be trash. Mm. But I think Ian mentioned it. It, it. It's so convoluted, the story, that it, it that it ends up being just making a complete fucking mess of itself and the characters don't make sense. Mm. So the whole thing feels like it could be in her imagination. Like she could just be... I got a form of alcoholic who sees these people outside. And he's completely making them up. And everything that happens, everything that happens inside, when you see them outside, they're real people. But the ones, once they enter her house, are just made up. Mm. So David could be the guy who lives below her, but isn't her tenant. And she doesn't know him, she's just seen him. And the people who've moved across the road. And all of this, that would have been way more interesting and I'm not going to because it's based on the book and the part of the book is very very good so but I'm saying from the from just judging the film something like that would be way more interesting because the interactions he has with people Brian Tyree Henry's um, partner is not a real person how aggressive she is with it with clearly oh, somebody yeah. who is who is admitting that she has a mental, not mental illness, but a mental block with something Mm, mm. uh, that is a phobia. You know, Brian Tyree Henry's character deals with it really well in basically essentially stopping her from being a dick, but it's a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, Gary Oldman's a cartoon character. I'm going to say it. When did Gary Oldman get this shit? He's awful. Yeah, he's not good in it, is he? No, but like not just in this. It's been a, a, a growing thing that he's just crap now. Mm. You, you look back at it and go, I, I really miss like Gary Oldman from the mid nineties, where he was fascinating as a performer. Now he just there's a bit in it where where he, he shouts at her and he pushes up against the wall and shouts at her. And the line delivery is just, it's, you watch it going, oh, this is just, what? It's so over the top, but not not in like a Nick Cage over the top. In a, wow, you think this is brilliant <laughs> over the top. Yeah, um, yeah Amy Adams is, is, is frankly crap mm. in it. Um I think Brian Tyree Henry and Wyatt Russell are the only two that can kind of come out of this with any level of dignity. Um, the kid has a fucking weird energy. I think he's meant to, though, isn't he? But I think he's meant to. So I think he's okay. I just, he was really fucking creepy. And then by the end of it, when you get the ending, 
it, it just got too much of him just running around going, Aah! I mean, that, that ending up on that rooftop with the rain swirling around all over the place and the score just like really going for it. If yep. the whole film was at that kind of camp energy, at least it would be like, okay, I can see what you're going for. Yeah, but but the other bit there is is, is literally you you have a call to the window earlier for no reason, and Wyatt Russell goes up to it and is like, oh, you want to get that fixed? You got mold up there. I've got to have a look at it. And you're and like, oh, is that going to and come I wonder, back? Maybe? Like, yeah, I wonder when that will come back. <laughs> um, there is one shot in it I quite liked though. One. Which one? Um, the one where she's kind of where the where the police officer's like, I'm really sorry, but your whole family is dead. That 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 lady. Yeah. And she's remembering it happening, and then it it pans to her face on, and then it pans away from her, and it's got like the doors open and the car on its roof in yeah. the background. That's quite a nice I, shot. That's... I was like, oh, little was... skin in the middle of all this shite. Amazing. I was listening. Sorry. Now go on. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about this and they said like it was almost like Joe Wright had that shot in his head and was like right how can I put that in a film and then worked from there (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could do it's it's a really nice shot however it lingers on it for way too long it literally like Ian was saying earlier on with the Hitchcock thing it literally goes look at it (laughs) keep looking at it she's gonna talk but I'm gonna show you this and it's there for five minutes, and you're going. Seen it. Yeah, we we it's done now. It's done now. You don't need to then go into the shop. Mm. Once she goes into the shop, it loses its energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the problem. And it it's the again I said to you when we're watching it back, I was like, right, this is based on a book, isn't it? And you're like, we well, yeah, I was like right. So it's not based on a play because I was aware that Tracy Letts had, had, had written it and he's a playwright by trade. Yeah. But it feels it feels like a play. So it, the way he's yep. maybe it's the way he's written it. It feels it feels quite ex- stagey. Yeah, I think that's exacerbated as well though by um, Gary one. Oldman's performance. Yeah. It's, it's like he's decided I um I'm a thespian. I'm gonna do everything this way now. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it is. There's that. There's that element to it, and there's the the fact that it's all staged within that house mm. there. Um, but you never really got a, 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 the, the thing is, and it, the beauty though, often of having like a single location movie is the claustrophobia that it brings. And this has none of that. It doesn't build any tension. Because. No, she's re- stuck in a fucking lovely four-story house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, oh. which, which um, Julianne Moore references and says, yeah, doesn't she? Like, fuck, she oh. said that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know she's so terrible with this. But the, the thing is there, if you have a one-location thing that is something like that, what you have to do... So the father is a great example of this, mm. Right. What you then realistically, as a, as a as a filmmaker, have to do is make the location a character. Yeah, yeah. And that location is is not a character at all. Mm. It is literally a place. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, and it's too big and airy as well. Not like, that, it, it, none of it feels connected. You don't feel like it's always in the same place. Yeah. Can I just point out as well? well 
right? If David's supposed to be her tenant, yes. Why does she have such easy access to where he lives? Like that's not how tenancies he, work. He, he lives in the basement. Yeah. And she's got a little um, hook latch. But that doesn't give him any security, does it? She's got a hook latch. If she does, yeah. On her side. Yeah. This is the point I'm making. I know. Just saying. That's not how tenancies work. David should feel safe because the hook latch. He should have a hook latch on his side. Maybe he doesn't have a hook latch. Maybe he's got a bigger hook latch. He should have an actual real key. Yes, it fucking should, Becky. Right? But I don't think parole hopping David cares that much. You leave David alone. He's just trying to live his life. It was just a bar fight, Mark. I think David's lying there for a start. David just wants to fuck. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. Not, not Amy Adams, though. Like You did think that moment that, that there was a moment where at one point you thought, you gonna try and fuck Amy Adams. Yeah, but then I think he looked at her. Anyway, um, are, are we kind of wrapping up now on this? Uh, can we please? Yes. So. Um, no, no, not because we're going long. I just don't ever want to fucking have to think about it again until we get to the year end show. <laughs> so where are you with it, Bex? On our scale, uh, which is this week for this one, is definitely not poop poop. Uh, possibly poop poop, poop poop, or just or poop but good. It's poop poop, isn't it? It's poop poop. I, I, I hate to say it because I'm not I'm not keen on the baby talk, but yeah, if that's the scale. Yeah. I'm, Ian, I think we already know your poop poop. Um, yeah, yeah I, it, it's it's a film where I can honestly say if if this is what passes is like mid budget adult thriller stuff now. Uh, the cinema is fucked. I've got this whole cinema is dying, like thesis going on, at, which has developed over the last year. And the woman in the window is 100% evidence of that. They need to stop doing that. Stop it. I think it's odd, just just to point out that we went from watching Doomsday last week, which very lovingly and artfully references the films that it's that it's referencing, and does it in a really skilled way to this which is just like oh i'm gonna make like a modern day rear window it's gonna be fucking amazing which shit what it is is joe wright doesn't make movies he makes movies that are trying to win awards and exactly that there already was a modern day rear window and that film was disturbia and it was better than woman in the window it was better than the woman in the window yeah yeah um yeah our audience poll Definitely not poop poop, seventeen uh, percent. Possibly poop poop, twenty five percent. Poop poop, forty two percent. And just on poop, but good, sixteen of the percent. A wide range. It's a wide range, yes. Uh, you like the nineteen eighties, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day glow sentimentality? to try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context. Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon.
Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you will not find that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you will not find that here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you will not find that here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ian, what have you been watching? Okay, so um, I've got a fucking shitload. Um, kind of wondering whether we break break this up a bit, but I want to lead with something. Mark, have you looked on Letterboxd in the last 24 hours? No. Okay, good. I watched your Christmas present. Fucking hell. When? Last night. Oh yes, that is a it's a proper Saturday night movie. Right. So I'll get to the film in a second. So Mark bought me a a Blu-ray for Christmas, and I haven't watched it. And I'm I'm so sorry. I just I I've been meaning to fucking watch it for ages, and it was like right. Oh, it's, it, it, it's a type of movie you've got to be you've, you've got to be in the zone for. Yeah, which I, I I I thankfully I was, and I I didn't look it up at all going in. I just knew what the cast was. So it's a Warner Premium Collection Blu-ray. So it had some art cards in it and it had the poster. I'm thinking like, oh okay, so this this Blu-ray is going to have some shit on it, is it? And it is the like so the Warner like home video logo comes up, and then it's just a static screen of the title and image play and subtitles off (laughs) like it was like it was like a really old school dvd menu um the 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 film is stephen hopkins's judgment night um 
Yeah, I mean, this is big Mark energy, this fucking film, Jesus Christ. Um, Not in an erotic thriller kind of way, but in the one crazy night with a cast of a very, very 90s cast. Um, And yeah, man, this, it's fuck, it's fun. It's fun. Um, so for those for those who don't know, and I looked it up, the last time it was on terrestrial TV in the UK apparently was 2013, at like five past midnight at night on BBC One. So yeah, um, which, which is a perfect time for that movie to be on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, you know, I don't think it's on any streaming services or anything either. I was I was just kind of intrigued. Um, so it is Emilio Estevez, uh, his brother played by Stephen Dorff. Uh, their friend played by Cuba Gooding Jr. and the kind of like the 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 guy who's like leading the night uh, played by Jeremy Piven. Um, they're kind of like doing it up in style and they're they're going to a boxing match. Um, they try to uh, shortcut um, to the match because otherwise they're going to miss like the main event. And they go through like a kind of a scuzzy area of town um, and uh, they uh, run over a guy. Um, but it turns out that the guy had previously been shot and, uh, who's, uh, who's chasing him only Dennis Leary and the bad guy from the mask. Who's got one of the, one of the most striking faces in fucking Hollywood, uh, by the name of Peter green. Um, and then it's basically these guys trying to get away from Dennis Leary and co. And that's it. Um, like really efficient like setup within about 20 25 minutes you've established the character dynamics uh you know and and you're kind of off and away with the races and yeah it's this like very tense um but tension through dialogue more than um you know, like action sequences per se, you know, I mean, like there's, there's a bit where uh, they have to kind of like cross a bridge between two buildings, which is, uh, you know, uh, pretty tense. But a lot of it is just, what are we going to do? And Dennis Leary giving like his grade A Dennis Leary bad guy shit. Yeah, like just chef's kiss stuff. Um, There's there's, there's, there's some great Leary moments in this, isn't there? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, there, there is um, there's a there's kind of an extended conversation that he has with Jeremy Piven, which yeah. is funny. I mean, it's so Piven's trying to get him two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 He's like offering him a hundred thousand dollars. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go for that. And then he kind of like amps up the. Nah, I'm not going for that. Do you know what pisses me off about people like you? Blah, blah, blah. And then Jeremy <laughs> Piven's just like. 200,000 and he's just like yeah all right then <laughs> and you think everything's chill again and it's really not it's great it's it's great um but no i mean I, yeah like um, they, they established really early on that like amino estevez is kind of like the one of the boys who grew up you know he's got a wife he's got a kid but it seems like he was the wild one in the past you know and like how that kind of like comes up it's and Cuba Gooding Jr. just going more and more kind of like insane as the film goes on. Um, yeah, I yeah, man, fair play. Like this, it, it was it was a very very good choice, dude. Um, it, it's it's one of those films. It's it's just a fun watch. 
Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could see myself putting it on again uh, at some point. Absolutely no problem. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's the type of movie where you could you could watch it. Maybe not when you're hammered, but like a couple of drinks. Yeah. And be oh, like, you've got home, you've had a couple of drinks, you've been out on the night, and you've got home, you've got a couple of drinks, and then you go, I just have a couple more drinks. What should I want to watch? Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to stick on Judgment Night. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I had a, I had a couple of uh, strong rum and cokes with it last night. You know, it was a good time. Yeah. Good time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, thank you very Yeah, thank you, man. No, it was good. Uh, really, really good. Um, Okay, uh, I suppose linking on Cuba Gooding Jr., um, first time watch of boys in the hood um so <laughs> it's funny this um so last night after judgment night i started watching uh, poetic justice i got about 40 minutes into it i was like i'm not really feeling this and i whatsapped uh, i whatsapped uh, uh, you guys i think and i was like yeah 40 minutes into poetic justice just not really feeling it and mark made reference to the fact that we we'd watched it before i was like we <laughs> and yes we have covered poetic justice as a marathon watch two-pack marathon watch on this fucking podcast yeah did not remember fucking any of it <laughs> any of it you know and it's like I could, I could go through life like knowing that I've seen a certain film before, but not really ne- necessarily knowing anything, like remembering anything about it. I, you would have put a gun to my head last night and I, I would have been like, yeah, I've never seen Poetic Justice before. And I watched yeah. like the first third, didn't have a clue. But I, I, I don't think that'll ever be the case with Boys in the Hood. Um, no. Youngest youngest person to ever be directed for uh so be nominated for best director at the oscars frankly i don't think that record will ever be beat the fucking guy was 24 how does that happen um crazy but the thing you watch it and it's like this guy who is just cine literate as fuck but obviously also really knows the material that he's that he's depicting you know it's i it's interesting because you know they say that um cinema is becoming um the the, the from a jobs point of view is becoming the uh the the the, the, the world of the like the the middle classes you know yeah. like it, it even though the the equipment to make a film and whatnot has never been cheaper the sheer actually like getting getting your start getting a foot in the door essentially life has life has never been more expensive though yeah no exactly and there's just there is a massive the bank of mum and dad aspect Mm. of getting into into that industry and you know it's it, you know it's obviously something that really should be looked at but it kind of feels like you know the um the lack of focus of the arts in education generally is becoming more and more of a thing you know and it it it, it feels like that's a fight that we're in danger of losing but and and also quite frankly uh, as i think I've, I've said before i you know i think a lot of kids these days not particularly bothered by films they want to they want to do up other things a lot of kids want to be youtubers you know i mean that that's 
that you know it, 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 culture like moves on and things morph and whatnot anyway boys in the hood um ice cube fucking brilliant i loved that he was like the more of the hothead but he wasn't necessarily the one who was going around picking the fight constantly you know the, the film's smarter than that um cuba gooding jr not great i think he's i think he is the weak link of this film out of all of the links um it, it, it doesn't he he himself doesn't feel lived in with this um the, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that yeah but morris chestnut is fucking brilliant you know it, it's the, the rising tide raises all ships you know and i think cuba gooding jr is the ship that needed raising um yeah i it was uh, fucking lawrence fishburne as well man like him playing that role being that age and kind of just getting away with it it's like yeah all right fine he had his kid young uh but not all 17 year old dads are deadbeats you know some are some are people who just had a kid at 17 and 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 have to like like get through life you know and want to do their best for their that's the thing it was like when the plot was started off with the kids being disruptive at school the mum ships him off to the dad I I just I I had it in my head that the dad was going to be like a, a a nasty piece of work or something like that and no he's not he's a really caring dad you know it, it just it it tripped me up and I think that maybe says more about me than it it does the film quite frankly yeah I I think I think the film it, it it's almost the cleverness of of John Singleton at that time I think he he sets you up to think that. And then very quickly makes you go, no. And you go, oh, oh, okay. And then it, 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 it also keeps you on your toes thinking, right, what's going to change? Is there going to be a change point? And there isn't. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, quite. Um, I, yeah, I, I, unsurprisingly, Boys in the Hood, good film. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then what, uh, just what I would say, though, is, yeah. the, the, is there is like a, a little kind of like tranche of these um, sort of heavily rap influenced and um, American uh, black culture films from sort of like the the very late eighties up to um, sort of the mid nineties where they were they were a hot property. Um, and the thing is, you've got I mean, was 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 quite a biggie, but then you've also got a lot of the, the Spike Lee ones and things like that. There are a lot that kind of float around uh, those movies that maybe if you weren't uh, sort of around at the time or they were available at the time, then it's quite conceivable that you could quite easily have just moved past them and they don't tend to get referenced enough. Like nobody, people hardly ever talk about Menace of Society or Dead Presidents anymore, and they're both fantastic. Um, or the Samuel Jackson movie Fresh is is brilliant, but you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's um the the whole media is become like certain things are becoming harder and harder to find. I, it's it's interesting. I know a lot of people criticise Netflix about not having much black and white or before the seventies, but it kind of, it does kind of feel like just like there are certain nineties films that are pretty fucking hard to get hold of these days mm. and that you know that that feels like that's only going to get worse and worse um 
so uh just linking on from uh from the boys in the hood uh, I'll do a couple more and I'll switch over to you guys and then uh, back to me later because I realise I've been talking quite a lot. Um, watch the first two Fast and Furious films. Um, obviously, Too Fast, Too Furious, directed by John Singleton. Uh, but yeah, the the Fast and the Furious. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I still like it. I think it's it's good. It, it's good, silly fun. Is the Fast and the Furious? Um, it's one of those where every time I watch it, I am more reminded about the fact that it is basically such a point break ripoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's fascinating as well. Like what? Because when you watch it with the later films, this film, there's this one sequence where like Vin Diesel's just like, fuck the team. You know, like, fuck, fuck all the people around me and whatnot. And now it's all about family. Yeah. You know, the, the whole kind of like I live my life a quarter mile at a time. It kind of feels like that is maybe ebbing away a little bit now as well. You know, he's going to have a kid in this one. It's like, what's going to ha- happen there? Um, I just, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. But also, I, 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 I mean, I mentioned this to you on WhatsApp, but the fact that there is a scene early on in this film where Paul Walker has his back turned to Matt Schultz and Matt Schultz comes up behind him and the sound, the song on the soundtrack is literally going, watch your back. Watch your back. Watch your, watch your, watch your back. It's it's fucking. Yeah, it's very on the nose, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, honestly, the fucking music cues in this film are insane. Uh, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, the film's twenty years old, you know, so it it kind of is what it is. But oh man, oh man. Um, so yeah, Fast and Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. I, I I think I liked it more than I remembered liking it, to be honest. Um, it's a uh, moment in, in this film, in, in Too Fast, Too Furious, where every time my brain goes, why is he? And then, and then it's quick reminded, oh, that's why he's done it. But it's where uh, he takes his shirt off to break the window. I'm like, yeah. why is he taking his shirt? Oh, it's to break the window. Fair enough. I yeah. 100% for exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like it, yeah no but then it's like okay no that makes that makes complete sense <laughs> um no i mean it's um i really like walker and tyrese together i think they've got really really good chemistry and they they seem to make it more about him and ludicrous in 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 the later ones um and they don't they don't interact too much in this one i mean the, the, the plot is very fucking standard issue okay we're gonna do run in for this dodgy guy all right fair enough but i think there are individual bits that stand out like there's a scene with mark boone jr where he's tortured with a fucking rat on his stomach which is memorable yes you know like that that's um i I mean that's a great low-key way of going cole hauser is a fucking threat um yeah just cole hauser's general aura (laughs) yeah but I also like how later on Mark Boone Jr. comes back into it and he's like umming and ahhing about like, does he try and like stop, stop what's going on? And he actually does. He actually like tries to do his job, which I thought was a nice subversion of the Mark Boone Jr. character. Cause you know, in Memento, he's a bit shifty in Batman begins. He's ba- basically detective Shifterson, you know, uh, and I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I definitely liked it more than I remembered. Uh, too fast, too furious. Um, so I'll uh, pause there and I'll throw it over to you guys. Um, Bex, have you watched anything 
So lost. Um, Can I not? Yes. Yeah, go on. So I watched In Time. Oh, right, yeah. So I remember being quite cool on In Time when we first watched it. I really enjoyed it on this rewatch. I think it's got a lot to say about, like... Time? Oh, like, capitalism and, like, general stuff about the economy, but it does it in, like, a really fun way. Um, did I watch it? Yeah, I watched this one on my own. Um... Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered, and I enjoyed Amanda Safe reading it a lot more as well. I think I was getting mixed up with her character in this and Anon. Oh, yeah. Because they've got very similar hair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but no, I really enjoyed it, actually. I, I I think Justin Timberlake, when he, when he puts his mind to it, he's a really good actor. Yeah, I, I think he could be quite, quite a good actor. I, I just wish he'd, he'd pick a lane. He does need to pick a lane. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed in time. Um, like I say, I think it's it's got some interesting stuff to say on the, on capitalist societies and how damaging they can be, and how they keep the people that they want down, down. Remind me the premise again. You get like a you you have to have to earn time to live, don't you, or something like that. Yeah. So you you basically you. You, you live your life normally until you're 25 years old mm. and then you stay 25 forever until you run out of time so when you turn 25 you've got a year of time stored yeah but then you can earn more but everything costs time so like a cup of coffee costs 10 minutes or a bus ride costs an hour and stuff like that um and then when you work, obviously, you get paid in time and it gets loaded onto your clock. Um, and then <clears throat> Justin Timberlake um, meets a guy in his bar, in, in a bar, sorry, um, from New Greenwich, which is the really rich part where everyone's got loads of time. And this guy's got 116 years on his clock um, and he's like flashing it and, you know, because it shows up as like a digital, yeah, digital thing, thing on your arm. arm. Yeah. Um, and he's making no effort to hide it. And then the the, the Minutemen, who are like gangstery thug type guys, basically. Um, ruffians. Ruffians. Um, come to basically try and rough him up and, and steal his time. And you can steal time off people. Like you can, it's like arm wrestling, but you can, whoever has their arm on top can take time from the person. Uh, so right. it's, it's like that. Um, like 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 picking a photo used to be able to deal with the phone we tapped it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they come to try and do that, and then Justin Timberlake like rescues him, and they run away, and blah blah blah. And then he's like, "Oh, we'll stay here in this abandoned warehouse overnight, and then um, I'll get you somewhere safe." And the guy in the night gives him all his time, with the exception of like five minutes, and then goes out and sits on a bridge and times out and falls into the water because he's been alive for such a long time. He's, he's basically he's so rich that he's basically immortal and he's just bored of it like you get I think you get to a natural end don't you is yeah. what he's trying to say um and then yeah from speaking to this guy he kind of learns that the people in New Greenwich are basically hoarding time there's plenty to go around nobody needs to die on unnecessarily and before their time whereas the people that he works with day-to-day are like living day to day and rarely have more than a few hours on their clocks and then there's people with like a million years 
in the bank. Um, and yeah, so he basically, and he's he, oh, he, he's dad basically Justin Timberlake's dad. Um, as as far as Justin Timberlake. Ned Timberlake. Hey. Ned Timberlake. As far as he's concerned, um, he um he died betting doing the hand yeah. thing. He didn't. He was he was killed because he was essentially trying to be like a Robin Hood type character and take time from the rich and distribute it. Take one rich person distribute it to many poor people. Um, and so anyway, Justin Timberlake's got all his time. He makes his way all the way over to New Greenwich, sees all the differences and stuff like that. Wins loads of um, time off of. Hang on, what's his name? Clive Owen. Not Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy's like a cop. Um, I can't remember the actor's name. Anyway, Rowan Amanda Seyfried. Eh? Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, Amanda Seyfried's dad, basically. And um, he, yeah, he wins it in a bet and then um gets invited to a party and then kind of when the Killian Murphy cop people turn up to arrest him they take all his time off him and deport him from New Greenwich and he kind of um kidnaps sort of Amanda Seyfried and then they once he educates her about what's going on they sort of go on like a Robin Hood kind of spree Cool. Stealing time from the banks and then like sending it to the um, the mission, which is where like it's like a, a food mission would be now. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's really well done actually. Um, more intelligent than I remembered. Um, and then the other one that I watched, not on my own, but with Isabel, was um, Things Heard and Seen. Oh yeah, Netflix one. A bit of safe read upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an odd one. Isabel's sum up of it after we watched it was so basically it's Amityville but not as good. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's like there's a malevolent energy in the house, um, which takes over the people that move in and then. The husband character acts out what he acts out, and the, the the woman who moves in sort of sees the spirits of the previous women that have been victimised in the house. Fuck, it's over two hours long. It's long, yeah, it's lengthy. Jesus, it's balls. Yeah. James Norton's character is a grade A fucking cunt in this film. He is there. He is. He's so easily hateable. <laughs> Not usually. He is in this. Uh, He's a real dick. Anything else? No, that's it on my own. Uh, do we fire back to you again? Then we'll do. We've got that minute we watched together, have we? Mm-mm. No. Oh, you sure? Okay. Yeah. Um, we, we've only got a couple, and a couple of them will be very much like blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll pick up on the um, on on the Amanda Seyfried. Um, so I watched the Amanda Seyfried starring um, along with Kevin Bacon. You should have left. Um, oh yeah, that was the. That was what was that on? It's on Now TV. That's what I saw it on. Yeah. Um, Sue, I yeah, I watched this randomly. Like, just started watching this this afternoon, and I ended up watching the whole fucking thing. Um, 
so it's uh written for the screen and directed by david kep um and uh yeah it's kevin bacon uh amanda seyfried and their kid who is great really really good kid actor performance from uh, this girl avery essex um yeah she's really really good actually so basically story is uh uh bacon and seyfried are a married couple with a kid she's an actress um he is a former banker who um it's kind of said earlier on people don't like him because of a transgression in his life previously uh and people recognize him for it um they decide to go away before she has to start um uh shooting a film and they pick a um a property in wales so they go to wales and immediately this kind of regional folk music comes up on the score and it's a bit nah yeah yeah like when anyone goes to ireland it has yep. to be yeah um and, the same. and it's Any like celtic place yeah 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 um the local village the people there are a little bit off and welsh there is an amazing bit where a shopkeeper says something to kevin bacon and kevin bacon says i don't speak welsh and he was like, I was talking in English. <laughs> um, like that's and it's odd. There are there are a few little bit bits here which are genuinely funny. Um, but that yeah. So they move to this house, and there's something just odd about this house. The kind of like the design of it just doesn't quite add up. Um, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave it there for the plot. Um, so on Now TV, this had an average rating of 1.5 stars out of five, and like the the kind of like the few reviews I'd seen when it um came out on VOD last year were like, yeah, it's not great. I maybe low expectations. I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think it's amazing, um, but it didn't go in directions that I thought it was going to. It went in a couple of directions where where I was like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking interesting and the last third or so turns into a two-hander basically which i really enjoyed um end revelation isn't particularly shocking but i enjoyed the journey to that point um yeah i i i I, I I think it probably deserved a bit more. That that's actually kind of an interesting bit of work than it actually got. Well, I, I actually quite like David Kep as a director. I know he's more famed. I know he's more famed as a as a, as a film writer than he is a director. Yeah. Uh, but I actually I've actually really quite enjoyed the stuff that he's done as a director. Um, so like Stuart of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both really like that. Like um, Secret Window, I think is 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 more fun than it has any right to be. It goes to town was a bit shit, but Premium Rush is fucking brilliant. Is that the bike crew? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Mordecai is an acquired taste. <laughs> uh, 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, 89 minutes, you know, gets in, gets out. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was all right. Um, okay, I also watched uh, Oxygen. So this is the new film from Alexandra Aja, um, which is on Netflix now. Um, so it's uh, shot during the pandemic thing. And it's basically Melanie Laurent wakes up in like some sort of capsule. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And she's told very early on by a kind of like AI, your oxygen is running out. Film, go. Um, enjoyed it, actually. Um, again, like just stuck it on this morning. Um, and Donna just kind of like sat down as the titles were rolling. And she was like, oh, what's this? I, I kind of explained. We ended up watching the whole thing. Um, and it, it worked well. Um, it's very tense. It's got some good twists and turns. Um, the AI that she talks to is fucking brilliant. It is essentially what if Siri or the Google Assistant was like your only form of communication. But but it's like it doesn't necessarily have much in the way of machine learning or anything. You know, it's basically Melanie Laurent is asking it questions and it's providing information but it's not then providing like extra information to help her out. And it's not in like a malevolent way. It's just, it doesn't know. No, it doesn't know. It is keeping things factual and she's having to do all the working out by asking it questions. And I really like that. She's asking the wrong questions. So it's not, it can't tell her kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Or it doesn't tell her things that would have been useful earlier on to know because she didn't know to ask it those things at the time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's, I really like the writing is really sharp in that way. Um, And that, that that really, really struck out to me and it leads to some like a good solid kind of like comedic, like relief moments as well. Just, just in that. Um, yeah, I, I liked it, man. Uh, wish I could have seen it on a big screen. You know, it, it, w- it would have worked. Despite the fact that it's in this capsule, there are these two shots that are fucking awesome um, in particular. But, I mean, it's a good-looking film generally. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I had a really good time with it, actually. Um, like I say, it's on Netflix. It's not going to cost you any extra. Really good hour and a half. Um. Yeah, I, th- I I I think you guys would get a kick out of it. It sounds like a good one to watch with Izzy as well, actually. I I like I get that vibe. That's the kind of thing that you guys would would enjoy together. So yeah, how about it? Um, Do that. Finally, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I'd look forward to hearing what you think. Um, and uh, finally, um, finish my Saw rewatch. So. <laughs> um where to the point that I watched four of them in two days last week. <laughs> um, which is really fucking weird. Um, so yeah, um, 
Saw Saw Five and Saw Six. Um, it, it's fascinating because Saw Five is the worst one of the of the series up to that point, but it's still got enough soap opera stuff that I I just enjoy it because it's basically the new Jigsaw killer is a cop. This other guy is kind of on to him. So then it's him basically trying to cover shit up so that the other guy doesn't get like get him. But then there's also a random game going on. The get the game is very, very disconnected to what is actually going on in kind of like the A plot here. They don't really tie together. Um but I enjoy the soap opera-y kind of stuff. And I will also say as well, there's been a thing going around on Twitter this week where somebody was like, how dumb is this scene transition? And it's a transition from one of the Saw films where I was saying last week about how it's like, it will like a scene transition will be, it'll end in one place and then yeah. suddenly you'll be in a different place. Yeah. It was that, but like a really clever one. They do, they do some interesting shit there. Not, not so much with these ones. Uh, Boozman dropped off after Saw 4. Um, but yeah, Saw 5, okay. Saw 6, absolute banger. It is a dissection of the American healthcare system and how people in that industry are only there to make money and how they are all basically corrupt and trying to basically scratch each other's backs instead of trying to help the person in question. It's great. Saw 6, good time. Also decent uh, uh decent twisty stuff as well going on in it then saw seven the final chapter starts off holy shit it's a saw game basically being played out with a public audience that's interesting guess what it's about the only interesting thing in the entire film <laughs> is, that, is that one that opens up with the body being hung on the uh all the past while she's going for a run no that's jigsaw um <laughs> Right. No, this one starts off. It's it's actually a pretty great start. Best scene of the film by a fucking mile. These two guys wake up and they've just got this like saw blade between the circular saw blade between them. And then like up on the ceiling is a girl who they've both been shagging. And um, it's basically like you 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 guys either one of you has to kill the other or you both agree to kill her. And, and like, it is played out with like this, like all like they're in this kind of almost like this fucking David Blaine-esque glass box. Like, and like all these people are just like watching it, but that it never really comes up again as to why that game's being played out in that way. Because then the main game is just, again, somebody walk like running around a, warehouse or whatever the fuck you know um looks fucking awful shot for 3d shot for 3d wasn't it yeah so what they've basically done is hey you know uh with 3d there's like 30 percent light loss yeah just make everything 30 percent brighter <laughs> um it's just it's so blown out it looks so cheap it's it is like watching a canadian police procedural tv series from the noughties that i think that's because the was it my bloody valentine um uh, mm. 3d was all set like in a cave um and it was that dark that people were like you can't see what's going on 
So when Saw did their 3D one, they just literally just did that. They literally just went, right, let's just make it really right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it doesn't help as well. I, you know, and I've been kind of like watching YouTube stuff afterwards about the, about the films. And there had been this fan theory for fucking ages that Carrie Elways' character was going to be back in it and he's going to be revealed as like the, the, the mastermind and whatnot. Um, and spoiler alert, he's in this one. And his first scene is basically him going, I am the new Jigsaw killer. Look how shifty I'm being. Clap, 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 clap. Uh, you know, it, it is awful. Like, he obviously gives zero fucks about the material, whether it be in the, in the first one or in this one. It is 100% cashing in a paycheck. And he is fucking awful awful but and the thing is he's hamming it up in a series where the performances weren't knowingly hammy they're just kind of soap opera but they're taking it seriously here he's so overblown it, it just it kills it really kills it and i mean like even the the guy sean patrick flannery is like the the main contestant in the saw game here and he plays a survivor of jigsaw who has become a self-help guru but he made it all up and that's that's interesting but you they do nothing with it um aside from one really fucking gnarly burn death late on which you do feel for his character in that case. He's not the one who gets burned up, but yeah, you feel for his character. So yeah, really the original Saw cycle really ended on a low there. Um, and then in 2017, you had Jigsaw, uh, which is the one where it's like the, the person who's like strung up, um, which again, really tries to retcon the franchise i forgot tobin bell was in this one um and it's like years later um some bodies are turning up and there's a game being played um and there's a medical examiner and his assistant his assistant kind of basically has a kink for saw traps um she, she like collects them and it's oh, kind of like a, god yeah yeah um yeah not not great um and there's a detective who kind of like put uh, pushes things over the line blah 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 um and yeah it's just the most middling like if you're gonna bring saw back i'm a little bit worried about this with spiral but if you're gonna bring saw back why are you just gonna put in minimum effort and which which is what jigsaw is mm. it really is uh, what do people like about these films? Okay, traps, yeah. There's going to be some twists that talk, like, twist around the timeline in the original films. Yeah, all right, then fine. And it, it just, minimum effort, three out of five. Some of the traps are decent. That's about, it's not as bad, it's not nearly as bad as Saw 7 because it looks like a film. You know, that that's basically what I'm there with. Spiral, you know, the reviews have been, you know some people have liked it some people really haven't i'm still fucking fascinated to see what the fuck chris rock and max Minghella are doing in a saw and samuel L. jackson are doing in a saw adjacent film really looking forward to it um but yeah there you go my rewatch of the saw films 
I like them more than I remembered. But those last two really are not great ways to. Well, I mean, Saw 7 and Jigsaw, not great ways to kind of um, end, end things on there. But we'll, we'll talk about Rewatch. Rewatch is the Saw movies. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Saw's one to four like perfectly fucking solid solid time saw five gets by on how much you like saws one to four and then saw six low-key banger Mm. it's it's really honestly out of those original ones the only one i can say is truly actually shit is the last one and i if you'd asked me a couple weeks back what do you think of the saw films i don't think i would have been that kind to them yeah, you weren't you weren't keen for continuing after the first one, were you? No, I really wasn't. But the fucking soap opera dragged me in. <laughs> like the the, the 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 fucking about the continuity in those original ones is fucking incredible. Because it's like you're watching it. It's like right, so that person was doing that all along, and it's like okay, that actually kind of makes sense. What? And uh, it's. <laughs> And like there's stuff that like there's random there's a random scene I think it is in Saw Five where Jigsaw's wife posts something through someone's post box and then that is paid off two films later. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. I mean, it just uh, yeah, the confidence to go look, we're gonna have a random thirty seconds here. At this time, we don't really know what we're doing with this, but hey, we've set something up. You know, I, I just, I love that fucking schutzpa. Um Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what you guys think of them, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that that is me. Right, what else have we watched, Bex? Um, okay, so, for my birthday film, yep. we watched The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. We did indeed. And we all watched it together, and we ate yummy food, and it was a really good time. It was a good time. It's a good film. Uh kind of feels like it was already a little bit out of step when it was released anyway. Why? What do you mean? I don't think you could release this film now. Possibly not, no. No. It's... The problem is, now, you can't have horny teenagers being horny teenagers. Even though horny... Even though... Because you're, you're judging the actions of the characters, even though the film is technically judging the actions of the characters. Yeah, I mean... The characters are acting as they would act. That bit with the police lady's boobies is a bit inappropriate, isn't it? It is a bit totally inappropriate, but yeah. it's it, it's kind of fun in the way it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I just we're not supposed to find things fun anymore, are we? No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it in a way, but it's like... It's not. It's the the film's not showing you these things and going. This is an appropriate way to act. This is it's showing it and going. This is what a scrotty little teenager would probably fucking do in this scenario. Yeah. And it kind of is. Yeah. It's 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 cool what Christopher London went on to do. You can see that there's definitely that in him to go along and do and make like really good movies within the genre. What else has he done? Is the happy oh, death is he the happy death day man? Yeah. Um, as predicted, we watched Armageddon, didn't we? <laughs> Sweet. Um, it's it's Armageddon-y, isn't it? It is. It's it's it's, it's very long, isn't it? 
like two and a half hours long. Um, you could basically cut out the whole um, Ben Affleck is dating his daughter um, subplot out of the entire movie and you wouldn't fucking notice a difference. I mean, you could, but I think it kind of it gives the film some of its quite sweet moments. Like, it's, it's cheesy as fuck and it's not a great film. <laughs> But it's still a good watch, and it does what it's intending to do, oh, which is be a tear-jerkery disaster movie about yeah. the end of the world with Bruce Willis. So. It, it's an awful lot of fun. However, what I will say is, yeah, it, it's all of the things you just described. However, it does have genuinely one of the great underrated movie performances uh, of, I would say, possibly of, of around that era. Go on. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. In it as essentially mm. uh, the de facto head of NASA operations. Yeah. Is really, really good in it. It's, it's, it's not just like a, oh, it's good for this type of movie. It's a genuinely great performance mm. that he is the good guy who has the good ideas um, and is trying to execute it all and hold everything together. Um, and is the he's always like the adult in the room. Yeah. Uh, it's a really really great performance from an actor who can be fantastic and can be shit sometimes as well. And then you've got you've got Bruce Willis is kind of in that category as well in that he can be fantastic or he can just fucking phone it in. And oh, he's he was great in it. he was still trying at this point. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. he was definitely still trying at this point. Ben Affleck at possibly his handsomest era. Possibly, yes. That jawline. What the fuck? Where's that gone? Really, my mum. Well, they're hooked up with Jennifer Lopez again now, aren't they? That man fucking falls upwards that, every time. Do you know what? Fucks. I mean, he clearly does. Yeah. Loving it. Based on, based on the ones that he's fucked, he clearly can. Yeah. Can, can, can you imagine, though, like, if they just got together and, right, they're just together for the next, like, 40 years? Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what's great? I'd love it for him. Do you know what's yeah. brilliant about it? Yeah, I genuinely would as well. Yeah. Because he takes an awful lot of shit and it wouldn't seem like he's actually a bad guy. No. There's, no, there's nothing ever come out about him that makes him out to be like, he's a wrong or anything like that. It, it, people just like to not like Ben Affleck for some reason. Mm. Possibly because he's had all these things that they want. Um, like Jennifer Lopez. Like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> uh, but it, it, he's like... For years, like the the world has kind of been trying to will back together um, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, and it's it's not happened, and it's probably never gonna happen. But then the universe just went, do you know what you need right now? What benefit? That's what you fucking need right now. And it's almost like, do you know what? The one thing we don't need is fucking benefit, but we'll fucking take it. <laughs> Give us fucking Jiggly Part Two as well while you're at it, you pricks. <laughs> Jiggly's nice. nowhere near as bad as people say it is. It's just not. It's just not. Yeah, it's fine. Jiggly like 2 is, is not the film we need right now. I disagree. I think it is exact. It. I want. I want Martin Brest back, and I want him to direct Jiggly 2, and I want it to win all of the fucking awards. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. It's perfectly serviceable disaster movie. Uh, we rewatched Rambo First Blood Part 2. Didn't we? Um, the reason why we rewatched it, once, it's fucking great. 
Uh, and two, because uh, I will be chatting uh, on the Iron Sequel with it. Uh, we didn't get to record the episode because of things. Uh, don't, don't give too much away now, then. So I'm not going to give too much away. Because uh, I spoke, but we have actually reviewed it on this movie as well when we did a George Pekin's Mathis uh, marathon. Uh, but what do you think, Becky? It's one of those ones. I Rambo, the... the, 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 the... Sorry. Be very fucking careful. Glitched there for a second. The Rambo series, it's one of it's one of those where I could... If you said to me, what happens in Rambo 2? Like, prior to obviously watching this, I wouldn't be able to fucking tell you. But when I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's this one. Because, like, there's... Obviously, there's quite a few. And, like, remembering what happens in which is... I just remember the bow and arrow in number... Is it four? But it's great bow and arrow in this one. Yeah, it does. His bow and arrow is fucking great. His bow and arrow is tight. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I do, think. Do, do you want to know a fact? Go on. That it's a proper bow and arrow that he's using. Um, but what they had to do was they had to attach a wire onto it every time he fired an arrow so they didn't go straight and hit somebody. Oh. Yeah. Fair play. Um, I I would agree with you in that I think the very brief before she dies, very brief love interest bit could have done without that yeah um i don't really like the way that she's kind of it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable her stilted english it feels a bit like hmm her broken english yeah yeah is that a bit like insensitive there like i don't think it's meaning to be no it's not meaning to be but nowadays it might look yeah, like that but it's yeah. definitely not meaning to be no right? no but it's like yeah it, it could have done without that yeah. Um, but the story itself is is great. The bits like bipping around in the um, concentration camp and stuff like that. It's it's all very high high stakes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's got it's a very different movie to First Blood though. Oh yeah, yeah, without question, yeah. And then the, 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 they they get more different as they go along. Yes. And he doesn't have a bow and arrow in First Blood. No, he don't. Got he, a knife. He's got a knife. Yeah. And a poncho. Yeah, a bit of tarp he found. He's got a sewing kit in his mouth. And he's still got that. Has he? Yeah, yeah, I've still, still got the. He's still, the only one, there's only one. They want like a, what is it? It was one. Yeah, did he actually used. make it out of an actual uh, Yeah, he literally did. He wasn't supposed to wear it. It's just he, he, he wasn't supposed to have that in, in, in First Blood. It's just Stallone said, when they did, when they shot that scene, he goes over and he literally just saw it as part of the scene that was set up mm. there, and he cut it and went over <laughs> and uh, Ted Kojic was like, what, "What, what are you doing?" He went, he went "This guy's, it's cold. This guy's going to find anything he can to make sure that he's warm if he's just got a vest on." And like, yeah, it's something that's fucking perfect sense yeah. actually, yeah. yeah, and yeah, but he's still got that the tart <laughs> that he used for it. Um, still, still great in like his his sort of prop memorabilia um, storage he's got. Yeah, but if you, I guess, like at the time, obviously it came out long time ago. Yeah. But um, if you're if you watch First Blood and then First Blood Part Two comes out and you're like, oh yeah, another introspective movie about like <laughs> you know uh, post traumatic stress disorder and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch that. They say that. It's not that. No. no. no not. It very much it very much hones in on the action, the brief action scenes towards the end of the yeah. rampage kind of idea of of, of, of First Blood. Yeah. Yeah. And then number three just just takes it fucking further. Yeah, but to be fair, there's only so many films. You know, you can't make a full film series that are introspective movies about PTSD. No, no. You so can't. it had to go in a different direction. Um, we also watched Starship Troopers. We did. Nice. Um, it's it still holds up as being a very fun and very satirical movie. 
But I love the fact that it never, it never actually um, moralizes itself. Mm. It never corrects itself. It continues to be. Yeah, the bad guys don't get their come up and. No. It just carries on. Yeah, it just carries on. It's it, just showing you that. It... Yeah, it, the characters don't get told about the fact that they're in a satirical movie. No. It just it ends and you go, "That's such a fuck you, well played, yeah. well played, fucking Verhoeven." And it just it just kind of ends on it. Yeah. Like, there's like I said, there's no comeuppance, there's no ending because no. life no... just carries on as it always has. So the film just kind of similarly just ends. Oh, it always feels so much better when we're all together. Close thing. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. It's it, it, it's it's a really odd film. It, it, it also looks like shit, but it's supposed to look like shit. The bugs look like shit. <laughs> the bugs yeah. look like shit. It looks like shit. It's a shitty looking movie. That one, the one big bug with the butthole for a mouth is like, yeah, could have lived without that. Yeah. The brain bug. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually shaped like a butt. Like a butt. Yeah. Yep. The butt the big old butt. Yep. Um, the fact big that, old butt. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the fact that none of the cast are very good. Like not a single one of them is good. The when when fucking. Um, Boost is amazing. Dina Mayer is, is is probably the best performance in your entire movie. She you should us. fucking worry. <laughs> she is good in it. Yeah. Um, how Neil Patrick Harris managed to continue having a career after this, I don't know. And I, I kind of he's, that bad, he's appalling in it. Well, I don't think he's that bad in comparison to everyone else. I disagree. He makes Catherine Van Dean look good. Jay Boosie's in it. Jay Boosie is, yeah, he's 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 got some. He quite, hasn't quite got his dad's energy, but he's, he's got some fucking energy to him though. But he's got a face. He does have a yeah, he does have a face. yeah, he does. He looks like Booty looks like a caricature of his dad, and that is terrifying. Yeah. I just want to agree that Jake Booty has a face. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we watched Twister, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Bill Paxton, yeah. Um, Twister, a movie about people who chase tornadoes, right? to film them and to study them, etc., and then constantly seem shocked about how near they are to tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, with the badly designed machine. Yeah, we've designed this machine, it's going to go into a tornado, what is it? And then, but literally have no idea how to get it into the tornado. And it's just, oh, how do you get it in there? Oh, well, yeah. you just kind of put it in the tornado's path. And it'll and pick then, it up. And it'll pick it up. And then they constantly get near a tornado and go, oh, it doesn't work. Oh, no, we're in the path of a tornado. Well, you literally put yourself yeah. there. We don't have time for this. Like, what did you think it'd stop and go? Just, just while you set up. Yep. Yeah. Now I'll go forward. Can I just confirm? What? Because for me, the reason that I started wanting to watch Twister again was this. But just, just for yourself, did you start wanting to watch Twister again after we watched that cooking video about the steak, mash, and gravy? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. We, we, there's, there's, there's a YouTube guy that we watch and he makes like movie and TV food and he did the, the steak, steak and mash from Twister and it was like, yeah, I want to see that, that steak in action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In it's, context. We watch this, we, it, it's almost continuing our little uh, little theme that we've got going of, of uh, early Philip Seymour Hoffman roles. Yeah, he's good in this actually. He's very good in this, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I say that like I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that you're good in it, yeah. but he's, he's obviously he's not in it much, but he does have an impact. 
Yeah, and 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 Helen Hunt just being the delight that she is. She's fucking great, is Helen Hunt. Yeah, she is, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that 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 that's everything we've watched this week. Your host, Steve Mark. I am indeed. Yes, <laughs> questions. Yes. Do we have any? We do. We've got a couple. Wow. Yeah. Let me just find them. Uh, nice that you're organised. Uh, Q. Three questions. Okay. Sweet. Um, cheers, Trucker. Uh, Mike from Cheers, Trucker's Bunter. Trek or Wars? Uh, or, he says, or a long shot. Git. Uh, wars. I feel like I need to. Uh, Mike doesn't send us questions often, so I kind of feel like I need to give it more. Um, Trek. I really like I really like the films and I would like the TV shows if I had the mental capacity to engage with TV shows more than I do. Um, Wars. Yeah, it just it, it is Star Wars. Um, and I like the starting to branch out with the Disney Plus stuff. I finished finally finished season one of The Mandalorian this week. Um <laughs> um you know so uh, oh sorry um uh, sorry i just had a message from donna saying she was struggling to get lottie to sleep so i'm just gonna lower the volume um yeah yeah which i i, I really enjoyed so yeah i'm i am wars myself thank you um at this point i'd probably say wars although there is Trek bits that I enjoy more than Star Wars. It's just there's so much of it. Like Star Wars, you've got what? You've got three trilogies and then two offshoot movies. Star Wars? Yeah. You've only got three trilogies now. That's what I said. And yeah, two offshoot movies, yeah. Yeah. So that's 11 movies. So, yeah, so you can get through 11 movies. Yeah. Star Trek, there's just there's just so much to get your head around. And it bips around in time. And I really want to sit down and watch all of it. But there is just so fucking much of it. But I love Next Generation. And I love the, 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 the movies, like the Picard movies. And I really want to watch Picard. But it's just, it feels overwhelming to get into. Because, but I think you need to watch all of it. No, you could probably skip, like, the, um, what's-his-face stuff, couldn't you? Shatner. Maybe, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I really I really like Star Trek. I just wish I was more familiar with it. And I like Stargate as well, but it's, again, it's one that I'd need to consume more of the content. But what I've seen, I like. I've seen Stargate the movie, haven't seen any of the TV show. Stargate the movie's great, actually. I like that, but, but because of that, I'm not, I'm not a count now. I'm just a count. Yeah. Trek and what is it? Um, I'd probably say I'm probably more Trek than I was. Yeah. Uh, because I'm only judging this on the movies. Um, I am never going to watch the Star Trek TV series. Um, it, 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 it's never going to hit me because it's TV. And like you said, there's an awful lot of it. I'm not saying it's because it looks shit or anything like that. It, it's... I think it's great that it's lasted as long as it is, and it has such a great fandom. Um, but it's TV, so it's 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 of of, of little regard <laughs> for me. Um, Which is the movie with the bogs and the cube? Is it Nemesis? Yes. Fucking love that movie. But 
I've always really enjoyed the Star Trek movies, and I never thought I would. Uh, I remember a friend of mine who was in, who was in Star Trek. Um, I think it was when... Um, let me just have a quick look so I can get the timeline right for this. When one of them came out at the cinema, um, he insisted that we go and watch it. Um, and I was very much like, uh, I'm not really... It's not really my bag. Um, so it'll have been something around... Um, it'll have been yeah first contact um and i actually really enjoyed it i then yeah. tried to get me to watch the tv series i was like yeah i'm not enjoying that that's really not my bag um but i did enjoy the movie so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say trek because i enjoyed what pretty much all movies i've got something out of mm. whereas wars I, i've really liked I've, I've enjoyed watching the more recent ones um and i haven't i don't think there's any that I've, i think i've only disliked a couple. You're them. not particularly nostalgically attached but to I'm the original. But I'm not nostalgically trilogy, attached to them at all, so I don't, I don't care. I think that's, I think to blame for that is um, when they were always on at Christmas, and really wasn't that interested in them. I was more interested in watching a Schwarzenegger or a Van Damme film or playing football. See, I think my my thing for the original trilogy, that and probably the Indiana Jones movies comes from they they were the only movies that I'd ever sit down and just watch with my dad rather than us all sitting down as a family and watching them mm. so I think that's probably where the, the affection cool. comes from yeah, yeah. see I don't have that no um so uh Ethan Ember Ethan, uh, Ethan Bartit two on uh, the Twitter says of all the digital slash streaming releases in the last year or so which would you choose uh, to show now in reopening cinemas it's a fucking tricky question. This I was thinking about it earlier on. I think of what what's I'm I, I'm gonna have a look and see what was on my best of list because I think from last year because that'll give me a good kind of. Idea. But I mean, like if if you're thinking about one that is like a statement, this needs to be seen in a cinema. I kind of wonder. I'd like to have seen Mulan on the big screen to see if it altered my. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, whether it would have it would have improved. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. To Five Bloods? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, that actually might be the answer, Mark. I think The Five Bloods is mine, but I think your Mulan shout there, Bex, is a really good one. It just seems like something that should be seen Cinematic. at scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think Mulan on The Five Bloods. I mean, I would have loved to have seen Wolf Walkers on a big screen. Um, mm. I, I don't next to the five bloods i don't think that's the answer but i would have really really liked to have seen wolf walkers on a big screen yeah mm-hmm. and i mean there there were um there were opportunities like it did get i know noel actually uh took his kids to see it um i don't think it played anywhere in wales on a bit on uh, in the cinema so yeah um i mean i think that there's, there's one where we're all missing that we shouldn't be missing go on eurovision I wouldn't mind seeing that on the big screen, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, I've also watched Holiday and been very happy to watch that. On the big screen. <laughs> I, I I mean, like it it's that they're, they're coming out in the cinema like tomorrow anyway. But like Mortal Kombat and Godzilla versus Kong, I would have liked to have seen on the big screen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see them on the big screen now because. Um, You've already seen them. After, you know, I mean, I've already seen them, and there's quite a lot of other stuff I want to get to. I mean, like literally. 
I'm going to be at the cinema pretty much every other day for like the next week and a half from tomorrow. So there's just, there's too much, which is great. It's a lovely problem to have. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's that, it's that great problem to have, isn't it? Mm. Um, and then our final question is Rick Kidd at Rick J Kidd. I'm not sure I've ever heard you talk about the Monty Python films in the show. My memory could be failing me, but what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, probably haven't to be fair. Have we? Um, which probably gives an indication as to like they're not great rewatches for me. Um, Holy Grail by far is my favourite. I know people are massive on Life of Brian. Uh, I'm I, I like Life of Brian fine, but the Holy Grail is just very very silly, and I really just enjoy the silly Monty Python, um, like the Camelot song and you know the. The Knights of Saint Nee and the you know the um the the knight that just chops all the limbs off and whatnot it, it's <laughs> and also I mean like just the the opening titles of Holy Grail are fucking incredible um yeah, like where, oh no no it's just like it's just literally titles but it's like it starts like apologizing for things and then doing stuff in like a different language and like it it it, it, it yeah, there's like a whole little like mini meta story within the opening titles of the Holy Grail that is is fucking great, and also just the fact that the ending is like literally just like the camera falling over, and then like the film just going funny, and then that's the end. It's great. Jax. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I've I've not watched them in a really really long time. I remember finding them funny when I did watch them I think I find it off-putting when you've got I find specifically John Cleese but I think there's another one as well quite problematic now and a bit like oh god really really did you say that and I I think Faulty Towers probably exacerbated that for me with John Cleese because I really didn't like that um and it's just kind of maybe prevented me going back and revisiting them i do like the life of brian i think it's really funny or i remember it being really funny and again holy grail the the tis but a flesh wound night and the nights that go nip are in that as well aren't they i i I find it funny but then it's it's kind of catchphrase comedy in it a bit and the more it gets referenced the less i want to go back to it Off you go, Mark. (laughs) If Monty Python was anywhere near as funny as people think it is, I want to tell you it is, then it would be, it it would literally be the only comedy that existed. I mean, it's got its fans though, hasn't it? That's allowed. People are allowed to like it. People are allowed to like it, and I'm glad that people do. It's, it's, I don't get it. I, I just do not get with Monty Python. I've tried. I have tried. I've watched all of them a couple of times. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they are just inherently not funny. There is funny bits within it. Mm. Um, but they have zero rewatch value for me. It, it was funny when it happened. If I watch it again, I no longer find it funny. Um, they just, their movies, I think, Now that everything's available, um, mm. virtually within minutes, mm. 
Um, I think that when I was growing up and things weren't available and you took you got something and you took a chance on it, everything you everything you watched you were taking a fucking chance on. Mm. Because if you rented something from the uh video store that was it that, that was yeah. it yeah that was the fucking movie you watch you couldn't mm. then you know when you finished that you were basically left with the handful of movies that you had yeah so it's not like now where you can watch a movie and go well that was shit and you could immediately <laughs> palate cleanser it and i'm not saying they're shit no um but i, I remember renting um life of brian um and holy grail um the same night wow and going right here we fucking go because like, they've been bigged up to me yeah um and then i remember watching them and going yeah that, that, you know that they were really funny and everything like that and then i bought them on vhs years later i bought um all three of them so i bought uh holy grail like brand and being a life at three fifteen quid uh, uh at hmv mm. I, I, and i was like right here we fucking go and i sat there watching them and i got like halfway through the holy grail and was a bit like Hmm. I remember kind of enjoying this, mm. and it, I, it's not that I wasn't enjoying anything. It, just, it was I was going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> um, and then I watched Life of Brian. I thought maybe it's just like that, and I was like, uh, mm. Mm. you know, and the, there are bits in it that are amusing. You know, like the what the Romans have done for us. Well, <laughs> yeah. Road was 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 funny. Uh, I just think Meaning Life is probably my favourite of them. Because it's just a series of vignettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think the right that wasn't what is it? Move on to the next. It, it worked better for me. Um, Did you ever watch Flying Circus? Did you ever watch the show? Yeah, it's it's basically you know Saturday Night Live where there's so much of it that eventually it's bound to be funny. Right. It's a bit like that. Okay. I, I do think that Monty Python is is a thing where it has its fans and people think it's great and like that. But I think as a as a general thing, mm. I, I, as the series more than the films, it is something that people think is funny, not think was funny. Or remember being funny. Or remember, being, but, but might not have actually ever seen it that much to know that it wasn't always that funny, because mm. your dad had a best of video. You, you, you basically you know they're closing the fucking caption there yeah but i mean that's that's firmly referenced in the tv show isn't that suppose, rather than the film yeah yeah yes yeah absolutely mm. yeah uh so that was our question that's cool you can revisit them all you want i will not partake that is fine i will watch some polish on instead i mean it remains to be seen who will be winning there me um uh, they're on um, what's it netflix meaning of life isn't it like a brian cool um what are we covering next week guys all the things <laughs> we're covering a lot aren't we yeah so i think at a minimum it's spiral army of the dead the conjuring colon the devil made me do it and the unholy i don't know whether yeah you you would prefer Ooh, to see that to no, Sheridan one, wouldn't you? those who wish me dead yeah so um I, I would think in some way we'll be covering all of those movies yeah in yeah yeah maybe one of us covering one of them because you yeah see that fucking angelina jolie movie don't you 
but uh, but but I think uh, there's a possibility I might like like that enough to be able to to, to watch it multiple ways. <laughs> um, I really want to see the unholy. It sounds like a fucking cheesy horror, and <laughs> that in the cinema, I love the idea of seeing. Uh, well, that. the thing is, what could be quite good if we watch the unholy next week uh, is I'm not hosting next week, so I won't have to pronounce the director's name. Oh, okay. Does he have a name? Yes. Uh, it's got an awful lot of S's, and I think that it would be wrong and remiss of us as, as a podcast to try and make me say it. It's got okay. Dean Morgan in it, though, Mark. How could you not be excited? It's got other people in it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, William Sadler, Carrie Elwes. It's got a good cast. Carrie Elwes, great. Um, yeah. Like, I, I will never not like him, just purely because of The Princess Bride. I don't like The Princess Bride. Um, Evans... Um, that yeah j- just as a little bit of notice um given mark and becky's uh going away um and then like kind of catching up with films after um we're recording this on sunday probably have this out like midweek in the week we're recording wednesday uh of not this wednesday but the wednesday after next so there is probably going to be a bit of a delay between episode postings uh more so than usual um so just fyi on that but it, it it's essentially if we recorded on tuesday it means we we couldn't all get to a screening of the conjuring free um yeah. so and we wanted to fit that in so that's that's what we're going to do so it's a big yeah big show for 399 next week yeah, it, it's going to be bumper because you have five main reviews and then everything that me and Becky watch. <laughs> yeah, quite. Far away, which will include probably all of the Saw movies um, and hot both Hot Tub Time Machines. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> random shit. Yeah. And maybe some more Resident Evil Village. Woo! <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I know you've not decided whether you're letting me take the PS4 yet, have you? <laughs> yes, I've not decided yet, no. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> you're hosting, Mark. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. My, my, my wife wants to take the, the PlayStation away with us on holiday. Right, just to clarify. If I could get away with that, to... I would. Eh? If I could get away with that, I would. I know where, I know where you're coming from, but To clarify, Mark does enjoy an afternoon nap when I we go do on enjoy holiday. An nap. And I don't have a like, TV show on the go this time. Normally I'm watching a series of American Horror Story or The Haunted Hill House or something like that, and I'm not at the moment. So, like, I'm really just thinking of you not feeling guilty. What happened last time we took the PlayStation away with us, Becky, when you had a game on? I stayed up quite late, didn't I? Yep. I won't do that this time. <laughs> Like, if you go to bed, Becky, I'm just going to play this Resident Evil game till two in the, till like four in the morning, three nights out of the five. To be fair, <laughs> right, playing a horror game in a darkened cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere is amazing. It very much adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> you, you, you're not selling the fact that you're not going to stay up and play this till the I'm, I'm, I'm not. I won't. Um, well, that was episode 398, guys. Um, what? I just pulled my own hand. Oh, you looked at me like I've like made a big fuck up. Well, I said ow. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining Rebecca. Thank you very much, Matt. And thank you very much for joining me, Ian. I need big poo-poo. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. Bye.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.